0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Evidence. I'm Bob Small and today we're going to tell you all about how medical evidence can help you learn more about your medical conditions and give you more control over that part of your life. And assisting me today is a president and founder of Dr. Evidence, Dr. Todd Feynman. Doctor, welcome. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Well, good afternoon for us. Good morning for you. You're out in California.
1: Venice Beach, California.
0: Wonderful. Doctor, tell us a little bit more about doctor evidence that I haven't said so far.
1: Well, we could review what we talked about last week. Firstly, our mission of our company is to find, store, translate, and deliver evidence about any medical therapy or diagnostic test. Another way of saying that is we find the evidence that proves whether something works or not. So, for example, if you're undergoing, let's say, a CAT scan of your coronary arteries to determine if you have coronary artery disease. We would get you evidence telling you how sensitive, how accurate that test is at determining whether you have disease or not of the coronary arteries. We get the evidence, the numbers, the data regarding effectiveness of therapies. For example, if you've been diagnosed with prostate cancer, we would get the evidence about survival rates, the number of people who end up being incontinent, the number of people who have dysphagia, sexual dysfunction after prostate cancer therapy. So we're all about getting the evidence, the data, the numbers.
0: And uh, as you're talking, I see the telephone ringing, so I'm going to see if I can't uh, bring another caller on with us right now and say, hi, you're on Dr. Evidence. Do you have a question?
1: Uh, Yeah. I'm I'm not really sure I understand how this is different from... um, what well, my doctor's telling me, uh, isn't he looking at the evidence, uh, what, like kind of, I'm a little lost here.
0: That's a great question. Dr. Todd, what do, you, what do you say to that?
1: When you go to your doctor, your doctor will ask you a bunch of questions, a battery of questions. He will examine you, listen to your heart, lungs, examine the areas of your body that are bothering you. He may do some diagnostic tests, and at the end of that, he will likely offer an opinion or a recommendation. So, for example, if you go there with a headache, he may end up with a diagnosis of migraine, or he may suggest that you undergo CAT scans or MRIs. The question is, is the evidence getting you to the promised land, which is the correct diagnosis, or is he turning you on to the most accurate diagnostic test? If he does diagnose you, has he offered up the most effective, safest therapy? Well, that's what he's giving you is opinions or recommendations. The difference between opinion and recommendation and what we do, which is evidence, the difference between opinion and evidence is that opinions will tell you what will likely happen or might happen to patients like yourself. Evidence will tell you what actually does happen to patients like yourself. Evidence will give you numbers, it will give you data on patients who have similar symptoms, who underwent certain diagnostic tests, who underwent certain therapies, so for example, if you have a headache you'd want to find out how many patients who had an MRI were correctly diagnosed. Or if you've been diagnosed with a migraine headache, you'd want to know what different therapies patients underwent and how many of those patients were cured or had effective relief of their symptoms. So opinions will tell you things like, I highly recommend this test or treatment. Evidence will tell you actually what happens to patients who undergo that test or treatment. Uh, Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Dr. Todd, as the, as the caller was, was uh, listening to your answer, I was wondering to myself uh, if I can follow up on his question. Well, isn't this what your doctor is doing anyway when he makes an opinion? Doesn't he go over all the evidence?
1: Medical school and residency, when we do have time and it's part of our, let's say, uh, protocol or part of our training, we usually do read most of the evidence regarding the tests and treatments that we do recommend or suggest. But after training, most doctors do not have the time or the resources to to read all the evidence regarding every disease, regarding every test, every treatment. Most doctors are seeing you know 10 to 30 patients a day, or they're in the operating room, or they're busy you know doing billing, or you know they have a personal life, or et cetera, et cetera. So they don't have time to read evidence. I mean, to keep up with just one disease, for example, like diabetes, you would have to read hundreds and hundreds of studies. So instead, doctors now rely, most doctors now rely on experts to tell them what to do. So a doctor will call a specialist and say, hey, Dr. Goldberg, what do you recommend? I, you know, what, what surgeries do you recommend for this back pain? What surgeries do you recommend for disc herniation? Or... Instead of relying on an expert, they might rely on guidelines that are written by insurance companies or guidelines that are written by medical societies, and those are also called cookbooks. They, they tell doctors what tests to order. and Again, those are opinions from experts, but they're in the, in the format of a guideline. So bottom line is doctors are usually following or the opinions of experts that can be found in textbooks, guidelines. They can get opinions from experts at medical conferences, but they're not relying on the actual data that's found in clinical studies.
0: That's interesting. I, I always thought they had been doing that.
1: Yeah, I've, a lot of people probably think that, and uh, but it's not true. You know, most doctors, just like I said, they don't have the time to get to all the evidence. There's, you know, there's thousands and thousands of clinical studies published every year that are relevant to, you know, hundreds of diseases, and there's no way any doctor possibly keep up with all that information. I, I'm a doctor. I'm a practicing doctor. I couldn't keep up with it.
0: So is that what made you think that maybe uh, there was something missing here that uh, that you as a doctor could use, and then, of course, the patient could use, uh, insurance companies could use, businesses could use, uh, learning more about this uh, evidence, le- getting more evidence about what they're trying to, uh, to treat?
1: I was a medical director of two doctor... Two hospital groups. I was medical director of 80 doctors taking care of 80,000 patients. I was a practicing doctor on the front lines of healthcare, care, working in intensive care units, emergency rooms, hospitals. I've been sick before. My family's been sick. I've had sick friends. And there was no place in the world you could go to actually get data, the same data you would want when you buy a car, a mutual fund, a house, The same kind of data you would find on consumer reports you can't find that data anywhere regarding healthcare. Mm. If, you, if you or a loved one or yourself are sick, good luck trying to find numbers about how many patients did this therapy, how many were cured, how many weren't cured, how many died, et cetera. So I decided about four or five years ago to leave full-time medicine and start a company called Dr. Evidence with the mission of developing technologies and services that would find this evidence Translate it and deliver it to patients and doctors. So finally, again, patients and doctors could use evidence to pick out the best tests and treatments. And that's what we've been doing for the past five years.
0: Wonderful. You're listening to Dr. Todd Feinman. He's Feynman, excuse me. He's the president and founder of Doctor Evidence, uh, located in California. You're listening to us on 1490WGCH and the telephone lines are open to O three-six six one five zero five one six six one fifty fifty-one give us a call if you have some interest uh, in learning more about evidence uh, for a particular medical malady you may be suffering with or i mean you have evidence available doctor on uh, on so many different medical situations from the oh carpal tunnel we talked about last week all the way up to uh, blood diseases and and cancer uh, a person doesn't have to be in the midst of about to go under the knife. They could be just learning about their, their medical uh, problem and want to get some more information, couldn't they?
1: Yeah, at any stage of your life, you're going to have medical questions, whether you're a healthy person wondering if the air in your city is healthy to breathe, you're wondering if there's any preventative tests you should be doing, such as pap smears and and prostate blood tests and cholesterol levels whether you have a child who's totally healthy and you're wondering whether the vaccines they're about to undergo are safe and effective. When you go drink a glass of water, you're wondering if the fluoride is actually effective at preventing cavities and is it safe to drink. When you're sitting in a dental chair and you're breathing in the air, don't you ever wonder if that air is safe to breathe, given that everybody's getting their teeth drilled and spit and blood is flying all over the place and are the tools clean, is the air clean? If If you've actually been diagnosed... You wonder if the diagnosis is correct. Did you get the right test? Did they do the test correctly? You've been diagnosed, you've got a disease. Well, now you want the best therapy. How do you figure out what's the best therapy? Well, you gotta get numbers. You know, it's simple. How many people got the therapy? How many people got treatment A and were cured? How many people got treatment B and were cured? So there's questions at all stages of life, questions at all stages of a disease, but you gotta get evidence to answer those questions.
0: Well, I have a caller on the line right now, Danielle. She's uh, curious, apparently. She's looking for some evidence. Uh, Danielle, you're on with Dr. Feynman.
1: Hi. I'm a type 1 diabetic, and I'm continually interested in learning different topics pertaining my disease, things like neuropathy, heart disease, or, you know, different medical equipment, or learning about different medical equipment. But why should I use doctor evidence as a source of information instead of just relying on my doctor and my medical team? That's a great question. If you rely on your doctor, you are taking a leap of faith that your doctor actually knows all the diagnostic tests, the best diagnostic tests that you should be undergoing yearly to monitor your sugar levels, to determine whether you develop any signs of eye disease, any signs of nerve disease, In addition, you're relying on your doctor to know what's the best form of insulin. Are you on insulin? Uh, Yes. Yes, I am. So, you know, there's different forms of insulins. There's different routes of insulin. You're relying on your doctor to tell you that this is the best form of insulin. You're relying on your doctor to tell you what levels of sugars your sugars should be at to best decrease the risk of developing diabetic complications You're basically relying on one doctor and his opinions to tell you what to do. And he may be right. He may be turning you on to the best test, the best surveillance test, the best therapies. But wouldn't you want to confirm it? Don't you want to, you've you've got diabetes, you could end up with diabetic complications. Why not confirm that your doctor's opinions are correct? There's only one way to do that. That's to get evidence. Evidence from clinical studies that include patients like yourself. So you're you're a young person, probably in your 20s. You should get clinical studies, evidence from clinical studies that include patients in their 20s, female who've had diabetes for as long as you, and find out what tests they're doing. Find out how, if the tests that they're undergoing accurately predict development of risk factors related to development of complications related to diabetes. Find out what therapies they're doing and see which ones are most effective and safe. Right, yeah, it's, just, it's very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be frustrated anymore. You could, it's like going into a waiting room. Imagine going into a waiting room and meeting thousands of patients just like yourself, and they all want to share their information about what tests and treatments they're doing. Wouldn't that be great? Right, yeah, that would. Well, that's what going into clinical studies is like. You could, it's like a virtual waiting room and you can find out what patients just like yourself have done and, and what's worked, what hasn't worked. I see. So so better to have more than one opinion. Yeah, it's You can get hundreds of opinions, but it still won't get you to the evidence. Only mm-hmm. evidence is evidence. Opinions are opinions. Opinions will make recommendations. They will say, look, based on my experience, based on my training, based on the conferences I went to, based on the experts I talked to, I recommend, I suggest, I highly recommend you undergo the following tests or the, I recommend you have the following therapies. Evidence will say 1000 women in your age group with type 1 diabetes are using insulin pumps and their rate of diabetic complications are this. Or 1000 patients are using insulin, you know, sub-Q insul, subcutaneous insulin and their rate of diabetic complications are this. Mm-hmm. So Opinions will tell you what might happen if you undergo certain tests and treatments. Evidence will tell you exactly what did happen to patients just like yourself who underwent certain tests and treatments. Okay, I see. And would I be able to um, take my the information that I get from Dr. Evans? Would that be something valuable to my doctors I could take to them later if I find something different than maybe what they're telling me? Yes. Yes. Doc- Doctors are reluctant to look at information you might get off of a typical healthcare website. So if you print pages from WebMD or you print pages from a health association and you come in there bringing them copies of opinions you grabbed off a website, they'll be reluctant to look at that. But if you walk in with clinical studies regarding the efficacy, the effectiveness, and safety of the therapies for your disease, whether they're the same therapies or or different therapies, that doctor is going to welcome that information because doctors want to read evidence, but it's hard to find. So if you bring it in for him, he's going to be very happy. He's going to want to read it. He's going to bring it home that night. If he doesn't want to read the evidence because he doesn't have the time, then, you know, you have to read it yourself or maybe go to another doctor who will make the time to read the evidence. If he's already read the evidence that you're bringing in, then discuss it with him. Say... Ask him why he disagrees with the, the, your perspective on the evidence if you do have a disagreement.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Danielle, for calling. That was a wonderful call. You're listening to Dr. Evidence here on 1490 WGCH. I'm Bob Small here with Dr. Todd Feynman in California, the president and founder of Dr. Evidence, and we're talking about how evidence, medical evidence, will help you learn more about your medical condition. I have a suspicion that if I see some of this evidence as it's written in the books, I won't understand a thing. Is there someone going to help me understand the evidence that it comes, as it comes out of the, uh, the, well, how would I say it, out of, out of the publications that, that it's originally published, publicized in?
1: That's a very important question. And we've, over the past five years, we've been developing multiple technologies the first technology we developed and created, and we're actually the only ones in the world doing this, is the one that actually finds the clinical studies and delivers it to our clients. Our clients include patients, doctors, attorneys, policymakers, everybody. Mm. And you're right. Reading clinical studies is very difficult. Doctors have a hard time reading clinical studies. They're written in a, almost a Latin Shakespearean language. They're, they're long. They're small print, medical jargon, et cetera. However, if you're highly motivated and you've got the time, anybody can eventually figure out how to read them. Bottom line is, if you've got a disease such as let's see, uh, herpes, you know, and you're looking for treatments to prevent herpes outbreaks, well, you don't have to read the whole study. You're just looking for to see if it has patients like yourself, same age group, same herpes history, and you're trying and then you just go to the results section and see how many patients took treatment A Let's call it acyclovir, and how many people took no treatment, and you see if the treatment, acyclovir, is more effective at preventing recurrent herpes than placebo or no treatment. And you're just looking at the numbers, how many people took the treatment, how many were cured or, or had prevention or decreased relapses, and you compare those numbers to the other group. Now, that's, that's again, it's not easy to do. So, given that it's not easy to do, we developed a new technology that actually translates the evidence for you, puts it in a really user-friendly format, it's as easy as going to consumer reports and reading about refrigerators and stereos, and that database, that translation of all the evidence is being developed right now, it will be live and ready for showtime probably by the end of the summer first oh. database is going to have all the safety and effectiveness data for the prescription drugs that are given out right now. That's what's
0: coming. I'm looking forward to that. You know, speaking of drugs, as you were talking about, as we were both talking about the data and how hard it can be to read, I've been amazed recently looking at commercials uh, or advertisements and magazines for various um, new drugs that have come out. How Well, you'll see one page with a great photo of the the man or woman that's being helped by this drug, and then you turn the page, and it's two pages full of disclaimer about the drug. And I'm like, who reads this? How can you even know what all that's about? After you read it, you have to have a specialist degree just to understand it, I would suspect. Have you seen that yourself?
1: Yeah, that happens all the time on TV and magazines, etc. on billboards. The, the most important question you should ask about any therapy is does it work? Before you even read the disclaimer stuff and the adverse events and side effects, first thing is find out if it works. For example, if your doctor recommends a cholesterol-lowering drug, the first question you should be asking is not does it lower your cholesterol. You should be asking your doctor, does it actually prevent any diseases like heart attack, death, stroke? Does it prevent patients undergoing angioplasty, open-heart surgery? So that's the first question.
0: There could be a drug out there that would lower my cholesterol and yet wouldn't. Help protect me against the diseases?
1: Yes. That's called, a sur- it's called surrogate markers versus clinical outcomes. A lot of therapies out there are very effective at treating a surrogate marker, such as a blood test, cholesterol levels. But there's no evidence that some of these drugs actually prevent a disease such as stroke, death, or heart attack.
0: My goodness.
1: And, and that's the most important thing to find out is that does it actually prevent a disease or treat a, effectively treat a disease? So, and then once you've proven, if you've actually concluded after reading the evidence that it effectively does treat a disease or prevent a disease, then you've got to find out if the benefits outweigh the risks. Then you've got to get evidence about adverse events. So those disclaimers, those two pages of, of disclaimers, mm. and effects, those are, again, just opinions. It's just summaries of facts or opinions or reviews of evidence. You've got to go get the evidence. How many patients took this drug and how many ended up with liver failure? How many patients took this drug and ended up with kidney failure or rashes or fainting or whatever? So then you've got to compare the numbers for effectiveness, compare them to the numbers for safety, and then make an informed decision. It's not easy, but it's the only way to protect your health.
0: I have a question. Let me again remember, remind everybody we're taking phone calls 661-5051. one five zero five one. You're listening to Doctor Evidence on fourteen ninety W G C H. And okay, now here's 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 my question: Is, is it possible to use Doctor Evidence to make a diagnosis?
1: Yeah, you mean can you can you use our services to confirm your diagnosis? Well,
0: I'm wondering if you can even go so far as to um, well, you see a rash someplace in your body and you and you. Want information about what that rash might be or well, is that going too far
1: yeah I mean we don't have we don't have like a symptom checker clinical decision tool anything like that mm. we have evidence so in the case of a rash you know for sure you'd want to go to your doctor right. have them do the proper questions and exam and whatever tests you think are necessary and then you would come to us and say look my doctor describes the rash rashes red and circum you know circular shape on my back not itchy it happened after you know a tick bite you know you give us that kind of information and we would put take that information those symptoms and we would look for studies with that have patients with similar symptoms and see what diagnosis they got so in that case if you took those symptoms plugged it in and we did an evidence project you would get a lot of studies showing that patients with that type of rash probably have Lyme disease and then the evidence would say which tests to do to confirm it is Lyme disease and once you've confirmed it, then you want to get evidence about treatments that actually cure you.
0: Wow. So you really almost do take it right from the beginning, practically. I mean, you do want to get a doctor's uh, uh, diagnosis to start with at any rate so that there's a good sense of, well, what you're looking at might be at any rate. And then you can go from there.
1: Yeah. Huh. I mean, we have, I'd say about a third of our projects are diagnostic in that. What I mean is patients will call us or doctors – and say, look, I think this is a diagnosis, but here are the symptoms. Get me, find me studies with patients with these symptoms, and I want to find out what tests they did and whether the tests were accurate. And and that's what they do to confirm a diagnosis. The other two-thirds of our projects are therapy projects. People are, the patients and doctors are absolutely certain they've got the right diagnosis. So for, you know, uh, what would be an example of a diagnosis where they're absolutely certain would be something like herpes. You know, they're absolutely certain that it's herpes or or they're absolutely certain it's prostate cancer localized, and at that point, they just want evidence about
0: therapies. Dr. We have about another minute, maybe a little over a minute, and I've just taken one more caller, so let, let's see if maybe we can answer a question for one more caller. Caller, you're on the air with Dr. Feynman.
1: Hi. Um, I was interested. I spend a lot of time looking on the internet for information, and I'm pretty computer savvy. And I know that there's a lot of published information, but what I'm interested in is what about all the data that's not published in a journal article, meaning all the information that, you know, maybe doctors are holding on to or databases, and how do you get information, how do you get access to information that's not published in a study? Wow, that caller really knows what's going on in healthcare because the amount of published evidence is very large. The amount of unpublished evidence is even larger. That is the promised land truly i mean published evidence we can get all the published evidence and and deliver it and translate it but there's a lot of unpublished evidence out there and like she said in doctors offices in hospitals in databases and we are developing a technology that will actually retrieve that evidence stored and translated also
0: fantastic question
1: that's not as easy to get because you know a lot of this da- unpublished evidence is either, you know, in proprietary databases, you know, it's it's behind firewalls and people don't want to give it up, or it's in a format that's hard to understand, or you, on top of that, you got to confirm the data is, is been collected correctly, it's honest, it's accurate, things like that.
0: Dr. Feynman, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it looks like we're out of time. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to Dr. Evidence. We'll be back next week at this same time. The Voice of Greenwich. This is 1490 WGCH Greenwich.